that Henry and Emily, if you think Henry or Emily are the winner, is this the last one? <laughs> oh, you've won. There you go. You sit down. Well, there we go. I think after that we'll have our Bible reading. The reading is taken from page 1029 in the Pew Bibles. The boy Jesus at the temple. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it, thinking he was in their company. They travelled on for a day, Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have, have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. This is the word of the Lord. Amanda, do you just want to wait there a minute? Okay. Right. Do you want to take something out the suitcase, or do you want to take something out the bag? The suitcase, right. You can either take something out the main part of the suitcase, that part of the suitcase, or that part of the suitcase. The main part. Okay. Close your eyes. Put your hand in. Now take it out. Right. What is it? It's cotton wool. Right. Who else wants to have a go? In the suitcase or in the bag? (laughs) Suitcase or bag? Bag. Bag. Okay, then. What's in the bag? Okay, what is it? It's a sponge. Stand over there with it. Right. There's only things left in the suitcase. Lucy, do you want to come and have a look? Now, do you want... This part of the suitcase or this part of the suitcase? That part of the suitcase. Okay, close your eyes. Put your hand in. See what comes out. 
What is it? Do you know? Do you know what it is? Turn it around this way. Sandpaper. Come over here. Right, one more. Henry. There's only one left. It's in there. Close your eyes. I think you'll like this. Your mum will very much like this. What is it? Do you know what that is? Tell him what it is. What is it? It's a scour. You know what you use one of them for? Washing up. (laughs) You see, look at these objects we've got here for a minute. Right, what have we got? Come over here. Let's have a look. So, let's have a look. Some cotton What does it feel like? Feels soft. Feels gentle. What about yours, Saskia? How does yours feel? Yours feels soft. What about you, Henry? How does yours feel? Does it feel soft? No. Feels a bit tougher, doesn't it? What about you, Lucy? It feels rough, doesn't it? You see, now... I was thinking about this, you see. When might you use... Well, I've told you when you might use that. When might you use that? To wash up something. Do you do much washing up? No. (laughs) You know, you're being brought up like I was brought up. My mum told me that I shouldn't wash up. So I'm very pleased that you're being brought up the same way. That's very good. So, So, yeah. It's funny, isn't it, how you do as parents... You do almost the opposite of what you did when you were grew up. You see, my mum grew up and she always had to do the washing up. And she hated it, so she always decided that we shouldn't do the washing up. I've not followed it, by the way. But, but anyway, you see, you'd use that, and especially on greasy trays. You know, if you have roast potatoes, and there's lots of oil on them. And then the oil sets, and it goes white, or sausages. And you need something like that to clean it off. Or similarly, with this sandpaper, you need something hard. You need to rub against sometimes some wood, and it wood might have some splinters, and it makes it all smooth. But of course, this is nice and soft and gentle, isn't it? And so is that. Now, I was thinking, if you cut your leg open, you know if you're running in the playground and you cut your leg open and everything like that, which one do you want to help you get better? You'd want some cotton wool, wouldn't you? Because you want it soft. What do you think would happen if you started to put this on it? It'd kind of make it worse, wouldn't it? Think about that. Rubbing that. Just, you haven't probably, feel that. You know, or, or feel that. Just sort of like, sort of like, just imagine putting that on your knee, open knee, and you can just like imagine. It wouldn't be very nice at all. And so, you need both. You need gentle and you need soft. And so it got me thinking about something. You can go and sit down. It got me thinking about something that happened that I find as a parent one of the hardest things to do. Maybe you find this as a parent. Maybe you find as children that your parents aren't very good at this. This is what I find one of the hardest things. It's how to love best when you're on the wrong wavelength from one of your children. Do you know what I mean? You know, because it starts at a very early age, you know. Your little beauty bundle of joy is sat in their high chair 
and it's feeding time and they don't want to eat. And how do you love best in that situation? Or your toddler is having a tantrum in front of the in-laws. And how do you love best in that situation? Or your primary school child is wanting to go to the next club and the next club and you know you can't sustain it. Or your preteen, it's bedtime and you're saying it's time for bed and they say in a minute, in a minute because they're too engrossed in the screen. Or your teenager that is constantly pressing the parental boundaries. You think, how do I love best in this situation? And don't tell me it stops when your children get to 18. Don't tell me it stops because my mum tells me that I get worse as I get older. And I'm not going to ask you whether it's true. But anyway, how do you look best in that situation? What happened in that story? And it got me thinking, have you ever lost anything? See, there's one thing left in the bag. Who wants to see what's left in the bag? What's left in the bag? Go on. What is it? It's an, it's an iPad case. Will you open it for me? What's inside the iPad case? Nothing. What should be inside the iPad case? An iPad. Whose iPad case do you think it is? It's mine. You see, last week I was at a, at a conference for three days. And I took my iPad with me. And I went to Harrogate. And I had this lovely time and I took this bag with me and I took this suitcase with me. And on Thursday afternoon I was on my way back and I drive from Harrogate to Manchester. I drop the car off, I get on the bus to go to Terminal 3 and I've got this suitcase and this bag with me. And I decide that what I'm going to do, I don't know why I do it, I decide I'm going to take everything out of the bag and put it in my suitcase. And so that's what I do. And then I suddenly notice my iPad's missing. And so you frantic, I frantically look for it. I look in the bag again. I look in the suitcase again, see if I can find it. I look under the seat and then I think, I must have left it in the car. So I go back to the car hire centre and don't stop at the terminal. And I go and ask them. The only problem is the car's now gone back to the depot for cleaning. So they very kindly, what they do is they say, well, we'll go on radio and see if it's there. But they can't find it, but they're very kind. And they say, oh, we'll bring the car back. And so they bring the car back, and so I go looking through the car, in the boot, in the glove compartment, under the seats. No iPad. Really something valuable. It's got all my notes that I've made at the conference. And then the guy at the car hire centre said, well, you see on your iPhone, there's this button on an iPhone Do you know what it says? Find iPhone. And of course, I've never pressed it before. Have you ever done that? Ever found anything you've lost that way? So anyway, he tells me to sign in. So I sign in and he starts, and the, you know, the circle at the top starts going into hyperdrive trying to find this thing. And then it stops, and then it asks me another question, and so it puts another question in, and it goes whizzing round again, and then... It tells me it's found my iPad. The only problem is I've left it back in Harrogate. And that was it. But anyway, they very kindly let me go. They take me back to the airport. I even got through security really fast because I was now late for my plane. 
And I managed to make this call to the conference centre. And in between flying from Manchester to Southampton, they found my iPad. So it's on its way back. Have you ever lost anything that's really valuable? Have you ever lost a child? I nearly lost Harvey once in a shopping mall in York. Basically, I nearly lost him. But that was the situation facing Mary and Jesus, wasn't it? Mary and Joseph, they lost Jesus. Imagine that. Now, I'm not going to tell you a lot about that story this morning, only to say that if you really want to understand that story, remember you've got to understand it from a first century Jewish context, not a 21st century Western parent context. The important thing is that what I think the story teaches us is it teaches us how to love best when we're on the wrong wavelength from our children. And getting that balance between gentle love and tough love. Because you need to have both. Because if you just parent gently all the time, there'll come a stage where your parenting will just be ineffective, won't it? It's a bit like trying to wash up a greasy tray with a bit of cotton wool. It'll just be ineffective. But at the same time, you can't just be too tough. Because otherwise, it's like trying to clean a wound with one of these. You just make the situation worse. And it's actually in the awkward moment itself when Mary finds Jesus. And Jesus' response that we learn how to love best when we're on this different wavelength. And what does Jesus say? He says, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? You see... When we want to know how to love best in those situations where we're on a different wavelength, it's about knowing how God would respond. And how God responds to us as a parent contains both gentle and sometimes tough love. Because God is love. God is good and over and over and over again, he will reassure us of that. And he will receive his gentle love of reassuring promises to us. Promising that he's with us always. Promising that he loves us. Promising that he'll calm our fears. But sometimes he disciplines us for our good. So that we will become a better person. You see, because the most important thing as a parent is that you help your children to love God. That is where our number one responsibility is a parent as far as God is concerned. Nothing else. That's what Mary and Joseph would have taught Jesus right from an early age. That's what we're to do because our children don't belong to us. Our children are to be treasured. They're not our treasure. They belong to God. And so when you're on that different wavelength from your children, it's about thinking, how would God respond How would God respond? You'd find the answers in this book. And it's about getting that balance between gentle and tough love. Roll forward 21 years and Mary finds herself in Jerusalem once more at Passover time. And once more, she will lose her son for three days. But this time it's her who's experiencing this tough and gentle love. She's experiencing the toughest love any parent has to face as she watches her son die. 
And she experiences the gentle love as Jesus says those words on the cross to one of his best friends. Look after my mum as he dies. Gentle and tough love. And that's what Mary experiences there. And so too does his father. Not Joseph because he's dead. But God so loved the world that he allowed his only son to die. Tough love. So that we could receive his gentle love and not be coerced into following him, but to choose to follow him. And that's not the end of the story because after those three frantic days... And after those two tear-filled nights, it was not the end of the story because God raised him from from death. Your most important responsibility as parents is to help your children to love God, to understand Jesus, to embrace the cross and his resurrection because nothing matters more than their spiritual destiny. Let's pray. I'm just going to use this prayer this morning. It's a prayer that was written years ago for this Mothering Sunday. God of love, passionate and strong, tender and careful, watch over us and hold us all the days of our life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, Amen.